Hey, everybody. I am Stephanie Goss, and this is another episode of the Uncharted Podcast. This week on the podcast, Annie and I are tackling another letter from the mailbag. And this one was so much fun because we got asked the question, how do you show respect and value and thank you to your veterinarians? And I'm not looking for food and pizza party type things. Let's dig into the deeper, I really value you and I value what you're doing for our practice kind of things, making them realize that they are really worth something to us. Andy and I had a great time diving into this. We do talk about the elephant in the room. We talk, we talk about food. We go there. We soapbox. And uh, we had a really good time talking about the psychology of appreciation, um, the brain chemistry of how it works, and really diving into what are some things beyond the pizza parties and beyond the coffee runs that we can do to really show the team that they matter to us, to our clients, and the work that we're doing. This one was so much fun. Let's get into it. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke, and the one and only Stephanie. I will remember you. (laughs) Will you remember me, Goss? I will remember. I was going to say, can you please sing? (laughs) I, you know, we're recording at the end of the year. And I have had, you know, so every, at the end of every year, I'm a a personal development guy, right? Like lifelong learning is key. I I think we should all be growing and getting better. I think it makes this life more exciting and interesting. I have 100% had on my list for years to to get better at singing because I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Uh-huh. And what I've heard is that you actually can get like there's, there's a skill that you can actually learn to some degree. I'm not trying sure. to fill Carnegie Hall here, right? But I <laughs> I want to be able to sing for comedic effect and not as a war crime, you know, that people report sure. me to for mm-hmm. putting them through cruel and unusual punishment. Please make um, Andy stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so it's that was funny when he did it, but not like that was awful when he did it. And so I, that's. I feel like it's a low bar to aim for, but um, when is it going to happen this year? I don't know. I, you know, it's like, it's hard to be like, I'm sorry, honey, I can't take the kids to gymnastics because I have singing lessons. I mean, um, I think that that is a very appropriate goal. I also feel like since your wife has to listen to you in the shower, like that would be a present for her too, probably, I, right? It, like, would, it would be. That, uh, this is, oh, I can't let me tell you this, but it's so true. I... <laughs> I've gotten in the habit of playing the air trumpet and um, and <laughs> she hates it. But I won't sing much in the shower. I'll sing oh, and then God. I switch to air trumpet. I'm like, na, 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 na. She goes, no, 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 no. Oh, and so God. if you hear my wife going, no, no, you know that I'm, I am a, uh, I am. Um, Andy is I giving a just, concert into a sold out crowd in his shower. I, I have. I do the rhythm section and just like I like. I can't sing. I know I can't sing, but oh I can. Uh, <laughs> like I can air trombone. You, you realize, like you have hit the epitome of dadness right now. Like uh, I bet you're right. I had not thought of that, but I bet you're you're totally like. <laughs> Playing the air instruments. <laughs> this is, this is like, the epitome. I want to wish you a merry <laughs> And like, <laughs> it's like, 
no, no, no. I wonder if there's air horn lessons, like imaginary horn lessons. Oh, man. Because I could, I would 100% put my money down and show up for that. Oh, oh, Maria, if you're listening, that is one wish to not make true, come true. Don't buy that for Andy for next Christmas. Because she listens to those things when our team has conversations. She's the sneaky one. She's like, oh, I heard somebody say that this is the thing that they want. And then it just kind of magically happens and appears uh, because she she loves speaking uh, that language of appreciation. And um, that is the thing that we don't need to have come true. Andy does not need air trumpet lessons. (laughs) For Christmas there's, 2023. There's someone out there who does air trumpet. I'm sure oh, in this God. wide world of the internet, there's someone out there who does. Like, they'd have to be virtual. I, I, the chances of them being in Greenville is too slim. But I met this guy. We were, do, we were doing comedy. And, you know, so I do this comedy show. It's an improv comedy show. And we do improv comedy inspired by people telling stories. And so people come and they tell a short story. And then my, my troupe does comedy inspired by that story. And so we keep trying to find colorful people to come and tell stories. And one time we found someone who was too colorful and we found him on TikTok. And he is kind of this big, uh, white, uh, 60 year old man uh-huh. who rides skateboards, plays banjos and does nunchucks. Oh. And that's what he does on his TikTok. Okay. And my friend was like, let's get that guy to tell stories, which seems like a good idea. A good idea. Until he came with nunchucks and like he had he had butterfly knives that he would like whipping or we're 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 in a coffee shop right like like, and he's got these butter he's talking about a pocket knife and he's whipping this thing around and and my friend goes that's not a pocket knife and it wasn't it was a butterfly knife and he's like and at one point he's like I give nunchuck lessons and then he's got two nunchucks and he's swinging one around in each hand and. That guy gives nunchuck lessons on the internet. I feel like we could find someone to do air trumpet lessons for me. I feel like air trumpet lessons would be a whole lot safer and would probably be covered by our insurance. I feel like the nunchuck lessons, I can just feel Jamie like cringing and being like, our insurance does not cover that. Do not ever try that. I think the way this goes down is I'm going to pitch nunchuck lessons to Allison and then... When we find air trumpet lessons, she's going to go for it like a hundred percent. Like that is like, let me just stop and pat myself on the back for those of you at home. Write that down. You just learned some A plus strategy of persuasion. If you want air trumpet lessons, start out by asking for nunchuck lessons. And then when you ask for air trumpet lessons, everyone thinks it's reasonable. I can't. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so oh so my gosh. Let's do this okay. episode. Let's, let's actually do something here. That makes I was sense. gonna say, you know, five minutes in and we're completely off the rails already for, for the for the day. Um I uh this this ties in perfectly because we're gonna talk about appreciation. And speaking of languages of appreciation, uh we got a mailbag question that I thought was was great. Uh, it totally made me laugh. Somebody has a sense of humor. Uh, they were asking, uh, th- they were sa- said, I, you know, I'm wondering how do you show value, thank you, appreciation, and respect to your vets? Uh, they said, I'm not looking for pizza party type things. 
Yeah. I'm looking I'm looking beyond that more into the deeper like I value you for what you're doing for our practice. How do you make them realize that they are worth something to the practice? And I thought it was a great question because all joking and, uh, you know, digging on pizza parties aside, because we know vet med is highly food motivated, <laughs> as are our patients, a lot of our patients, uh, you know, it has it can't just be it can't just be pizza parties, right? So how do we how do we show the appreciation and the value um, and the, the give our, our thanks and our gratitude uh, for for what in particular the veterinarians are, are doing for the team? But I think this is applicable to, to the team as a whole. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. I, I want to start in the headspace. We, so I don't know if our headspace action steps really apply to this because it's like an all headspace. There's maybe some action steps, but for the most part, it's kind of a philosophy sort of thing. I want to talk about pizza parties for a second. And I, it hurts my soul a little bit to hear people dunking on pizza parties and donuts, right? Mm -hmm. And, and I get it. And, and so there's, there's a, there's a common thing. It's not just in our industry, like everyone dunks on it and they kind of dunk sure. on their boss of like, look, this pizza parties and donuts are, you know, that's garbage. That's not right. appreciation. That's blah, blah, blah. And I understand, I, I understand where that sentiment comes from because after a while, if you come in on Fridays and you and there's just donuts or bagels waiting for you, like at some point it loses its luster and it doesn't really make you feel appreciated. And if you're cynical, you could also say this doesn't require any thought. It's the same thing again and again. The corporation just uh, just, you know, strokes a thirty five dollar check or two hundred and fifty dollar right. check or whatever. It is. Right. Like they're just doing this little thing and putting it down with a note that says thank you and right. saying appreciation done. And so I get it. And I get that that's what people say. It hurts my soul because as, as most things on the internet, there is no nuance, there is no context, and it's assuming the worst about people's intentions. Sure. And, and so I, I don't like that. The truth is, as someone who owns a business, I will tell you, I want my people to feel appreciated. I really do. And making them all feel appreciated on a regular basis is really hard to do. Mm -hmm. It just is. Yeah. And the pizza party, I think, often comes with very good intentions of, I want, I appreciate how hard you guys are working. I want to do something nice for you. This is something that scales. It's something that everybody can take advantage of. You know what I mean? And, and, and um, and it's something that's affordable and within reach and and it doesn't take a ton of time, you know, uh, and but I can make it happen. And so that's why it kind of hurts my heart to have it kind of crapped on because it's like I get the intention. At the same time, you can't have pizza parties every Friday and expect it to people to still continue to have an emotional response to it, uh, yeah. you know, as you, as you do it over and over and over again. Does that make any sense? I guess sort of it, why the yeah. pizza party donut stuff, why I think it happens and, and why I look at it as well and go, hey, you know, I get it. I 100% get it. Well, and so two two other pieces, I think, from from the person, being the person who's done those things appreciation-wise for their team. Number one, who doesn't freaking like donuts and pizza, okay? Yeah. And mm -hmm. I made, like, uh, for me, the, the language of appreciation at the donut shop went deep. Like, I would try and pick out their favorites. We would try new things. It was not like I'm just slinging a box of glazed Krispy Kremes down every every week, right? So it was, it like, when I hear that, I have some of those same emotions because it was something that I loved. I, uh, gr so growing up, my dad used to, uh, take me out 
early uh, and uh, we used to go and get donuts after church and then bring them home to my mom and my brothers. Um, And there's a local donut shop and it's still there. And so when I had kids like that became a tradition with my kids. And so it was something that was meant something to me. I shared it with my kids and then the kids got in on sharing it with my team because they spent a lot of time at the practice and they love to go before I drop them off at school and help pick out donuts for the team and bring them in. So it was a thing that is cliched, but also there was like, there was emotion and um, like true, I like you people and I want to bring you something that I know brings a smile to your face. Right. And so when you hear it getting crapped on, it feels, it feels um, it can, it can be something that you take really personal because again, who doesn't like pizza and donuts? And I think as a business owner, the other side of it that gets really hard um, and where I see this try and get rationalized by leaders a lot. And it doesn't, the conversation never really goes anywhere when you're talking about it with your team, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like that's really hard for it's What we're about to talk about is hard for, for them to wrap their brain around because they're not an owner and they don't care the same way that you maybe would wish that they would. But the other piece of it is your point about scaling. Like it is expensive. And even if I'm buying pizza, pizza for a team, you know, when I used to buy pizza for my team of 20, it used to cost me, you know, $150, even for Mm -hmm. inexpensive pizza. And so when I think about spending that money over the course of the year, if I do something like, and and that's just for inexpensive pizza, right? And so I did, you know, when you try and vary it up and let's get everybody, you know, deli sandwiches or tacos or whatever, like when I add all of that stuff up, I mean, I was spending a couple thousand dollars a year on those not regular, but not never rewards for lunches and stuff. And that is, that is an, that is an expense. That is a, that is the thing. And I did it willingly. And also it was not, it didn't happen in a bottle and it wasn't free. And so it is hard to hear that as a leader, get crapped on from that perspective of like, this is the thing that I'm spending money on. (laughs) There's other things that I could spend money on for the team or not. And so to make that effort and then feel like it's getting crapped on is is a hard thing to wrangle. And at the same yeah. time, I also understand from the team's perspective that like, get, I can understand why it does get crapped on. So I think yeah. I can understand both sides of it for sure. Oh, sure. I mean, there's there's the worst stuff that you hear online is people are like, uh, you know, bosses give pizza out so that you won't clock out and go to lunch. They're trying to keep you in the building so they can, and I go, Maybe that's true some places. To me, that right. just seems like a horrible, dark, cynical view of the world yeah. and uh, and of your employers. And I go, I have never felt like I work for someone who had in- intentions like that. But obviously, some people out there do. And those people are very vocal. And social media likes to promote those mm-hmm. very voices. disgruntled, angry voices. And yeah. so, anyway, I, I think that that's real hard. I, Start starting to break this thing open and and talk about it and and, and I think this is an important headspace distinction as we get into this. There's there's appreciation and there's compensation, and I think starting to look at the difference between the two is important. Yes. So to me, compensation is something that you get for your work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be expected, but it's something that you get kind of for your work. And appreciation to me, it's being seen as an individual. Yeah. And I think that that is the hundred percent like driving force here. I think that that's the part that people miss or don't understand. I think it's mission critical when you people are frustrated about uh, uh, appreciation. If you define appreciation as seeing being seen as an individual, not 
appreciation of me uh, as one of the doctors, but me as Andy Rourke for the things that I specifically did. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's why this is so hard to scale, because making 20 people all feel seen as individuals right. at the at same, the same time, time. Yep. is very, very hard. Yep. Um, I, I think there's, there's ways that you can do it. And we, 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 I give an example that we pulled off uh, at the Practice Owner Summit, I think, really nicely. But I, I think you can do it. But it's very, very hard when we talk about pizza parties and things like that. And we say, you know, this costs $150 to do this. I would say that that's compensation, right? It's, hey, you guys work hard. And I want to I want to do something nice for you. Mm -hmm. And so, so we go, man, that's $150. And I could spend on other things. And I say, yep, that's true. If you look at that as far as appreciation goes and say, well, I gave them, a, I did a hundred, spent $150 on this and they didn't feel appreciated. This is a failure. I would say, okay, I get that. Yep. If, if you gave the whole team a single $150 bonus, like financial bonus, no one, they're going to look at you like you're bonkers. You know, <laughs> like what this breaks down to like three, I don't know, a dollar each, you know, or three, $3 each. Like that's what it is, you know? Right. Um, and then we have to pay taxes on it. You go, well, that's a ridiculous financial bonus. Right. But I can take that money, roll it together into $150 and get some pizza and we can all have something kind of nice. You know what I mean? Like to me, that's, 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 that's compensation. That's kind of part of the compensation package. If you look at it that way and I say, that's a win, right? Like, yeah, I can't, I can't give my team, if I have 150 bucks in my pocket, I can't give out financial bonuses. That's just dumb. But but I can I can get some donuts and some coffee, and especially if they're not expecting it, and just kind of, you know, just say, hey, I like you guys, and I want you to be happy, and, and this is something, and I was thinking of you, and I want to do something nice for you. Yeah. I think you can do that and call that a win, and that they may not feel appreciated at an individual level, but hopefully they feel they feel good about working there, and they feel like, you know, they're valued. Well, and I think that that part of it, too, is like for for me, a big part of that was the fellowship that came along with that. Right. There, there is something bonding about food as an experience and as, and as an icebreaker. And so, you know, when it's been a really rough week, bringing in Starbucks and standing in the treatment room at the counter and everybody just, you know, having OK, not OSHA gets mad food in the treatment room, but you know what yeah. I mean? Like standing, standing there and, and in the lobby where there's no patients present uh, for 10 minutes and just talking and, and, you know, saying, saying, talking about the week, talking, maybe not even talking about work, God forbid that we talk about ourselves as humans, but yeah. it's that sense of connection and that sense of fellowship. I think that that means something there for me. So I, I think we're, I think you know, it's smart to to talk about it from that perspective. And at the same time, I get it. Uh, and there's there's a flip side to it. And what are some other things we're going to do, which we're going to talk about? I, I think your part about being seen is is really important. And it's interesting because, um, you know, you and I talk about have talked about appreciation and we have, um, you know, have done multiple workshops in in our community on appreciation and showing appreciation mm -hmm. for the team. And I have led some of those workshops. And at the same time, like I was doing some reading and, and prep for this. And um, one of the things that I don't think that I really totally understood was the psychology behind appreciation. And there's mm -hmm. actual science to the psychology and what our human uh, caveman brain response is to appreciation. And there's five mm -hmm. pieces of it. Being seen is one of those five, right? Yeah. So it's the sense of value being 
um, which is what this person was asking. How do I how do I show them that I appreciate the value that they bring Mm -hmm. to the team and to the practice? The second is the sense of being seen. The third is the sense of being liked, which when you have fellowship and you're talking and you're creating a group environment and people are included, you have that social sense that these are people who like me and I am enjoying sharing company with them. Um, The fourth is the sense of meaning and purpose. Um, which I think hits on the note for this ask in the mailbag of, you know, there is true meaning to the work that we're doing together. And there is true, true purpose here. And the last is, uh, goes along with that fellowship, which is the sense of connection and the sense of community, right? And so I think um, when we think about the fact that that those five pieces all help light up the brain, because the second part of it is when we are appreciated as human beings, it literally changes our brain chemistry. When we feel appreciated, when we express gratitude, and when we receive gratitude being expressed to us, there are, uh, you know, the increased dopamine, the increased serotonin, yeah. the, the neurons in our brain actually get more dense. And people who practice gratitude regularly develop a neural pathway that is more dense than their peers. And it makes us be able to sink into those feelings faster and easier as we go. And I I think that's fascinating to me that there is literally a physical chemistry change when we feel appreciated and we feel yeah. gratitude. And knowing that as a boss, as a leader, why the hell would you not want to give that to your people as often as you could? Why would you want to absolutely be able to pull it off? Like you go, oh, there's this is yes. this is oh, yes. real effort here. I I think that, that I think that that is a super important thing to realize. You know, we talk about we talk about giving feedback. You and I we yep. talk about a lot of positive reinforcement. I'm a big positive reinforcement, positive feedback guy, and we talk about appreciation and making people feel appreciated. And when we say it, it sounds so simple. So why don't more people do it? Why isn't this just everywhere? Right. And the answer, the cold, simple, stupid answer is because it takes time and effort Mm -hmm. to do it and and Mm -hmm. i'm not blowing that off it actually takes thought and you know and intentionality and honestly scheduling to make it happen and i say scheduling because for me like i i need time to to execute things and i need to know that things are coming and like i was i was doing an audit of appreciation initiatives God has so nerdy consulting talk. I want to do a better job of appreciating people in my life in the coming year. Sure. And in order for me to do that, I have to update my calendar and add mm-hmm. birthdays and not mm-hmm. birthdays by themselves, but birthdays with alarms that go off a week or 10 days before sure. said birthday so yep. that I have time to do something. And that may sound so stupid, but as we it's say not. all the time, if you're surprised by something again and again, at some point, it's your business model. And yes. my business model is being surprised when someone says, today is my birthday. And I look around and I'm like, do you have a stapler that you like? Because <laughs> I got you one and it's wonderful. And like, it's so dumb. And I feel deficient again and again. Listen, yeah. all I can say, I don't know if she's listening to this podcast, but all I can say is I once gave somebody a stapler as a gift and it was the best damn stapler ever because it was a freaking narwhal and Josie loved that gift so, so much. There are pictures of it on social media. So it is possible to give a stapler as a gift to the right recipient oh, sure. and make their year. 
But, but there you go. There you go. Like, that's the appreciation part. When you're like, I see you, Josie. Like, I see you. I see who you are. And bam. I gave, you will love a narwhal stapler. I gave you, like, let me pause and pat myself on the back. I'm really proud of what I gave you for the holidays you at did Practice Owner Summit. A and very good I, job. I think it's more important that I got two of them. <laughs> I, I got for me and for Giggling Goss coffee mugs <laughs> that have a little campsite on them. And it says mm-hmm. Happy Campers across the top. Uh-huh. And it says Andy and Stephanie. It's from our Camp Tough Love episodes. Yes. And I I am so proud of me. For thinking of that and being like, here you go. And I gave it to you. And it's a, when it came, it's a tiny little mug. I'm like, right, if I drank coffee out of this, everyone would be in danger. Like, this is, it's going to take me Well, maybe not now that you have an espresso machine. Like, you could, oh, well, you yeah, could boil some hardcore espresso now. Yeah, I erased my game. That was my wife and my birthday. I'm still not, I'm still not back to normal pre-espresso Andy. I don't know how long that transition takes. But anyway, but but it is true. And I think that's a that's a that's a big piece of it. Right. Is that the thought, the intention behind it, the thought, the time, all of that matters. And I think that's one of the things that as a leader, we have to choose to be intentional about that. And I love that you mentioned the birthdays because that was a big thing for me. I went through a period where we always did birthdays. Um, and the bigger my team got when I got to, you know, when I, yeah. when I had five of them, it was really easy to keep track of everybody's birthdays. Yeah. And then as the team grew and we got to 10 and 15 and 20. And then when I had 30 of them, I was like, I don't, I don't even remember my own birthday, let alone all of your birthdays. And so I was like, okay, let's make a birthday celebration once a month. We'll do all the birthdays. Then nobody gets <laughs> forgotten. But okay. then it takes but then it takes that specialness out of it, right? Yeah. Because now it's a group thing and now it's not being seen as an individual. And now if you have four birthdays in the month, they all have to agree on what kind of cake we're going to get for the staff meeting. And it backfired on me. And it took me a while to get to that. And they, God bless them. They were so, they were so kind about it. But eventually one of them, one of them came and was just like, Hey, can I talk to you about the birthday thing? And they're like, we would rather just like not do this because we wind up fighting about what we're going to get. And we would just rather not do it. And I felt so bad because I had the best of intentions. And I was just like, I don't want anybody to get forgotten. Like that would be the worst thing. But feeling like they would rather not do anything because it wasn't individual made me feel worse. And so like you, I was like, okay, I have to figure out a system. And I did the exact same thing. And it became a process where it started with at the beginning of the year, I would sit down and I would double check and make sure everybody's stuff was in my calendar. Did I set it up for annual reminders? Did I or set it up so that they would repeat annually? setting the reminders. Cause like you, at first I was like, Oh, I'll just put the dates in. And then the, the, the date would come and I would get that, but that doesn't give me any time to actually prepare. So I was still frantically the first year doing the last minute run to the store. Like, Oh crap, it's Kate's birthday today. What am I going to do? You know, what am I going to do for her, for her birthday? Um, and so then the next year was like, okay, let's put in the alarms. <laughs> let's get a week yeah. ahead. And, yeah. and I think that that is, uh, it was invaluable because it allowed me it allowed me to see them as individuals. It also forced me to slow down and yeah. really think about yeah. what is this thing? Not that it had to be big, not that it had to be extravagant, but like what would make this person happy? Um, and it was something that made me feel really good to yeah. 
to spend the time doing, but you're not wrong. Like there has to be a system and there has to be time dedicated to it, um, particularly for those of us who have bigger teams. And so I think it is important to think about how do we, what, where are we going to put our effort and how do we make it intentional? Well, the, the thing that landed on me was um, things that are important go on my calendar. Like that is how I live my life. And mm-hmm. if it, like I put, I put taking the kids to their activities that goes on my calendar <laughs> because I need you? to know. And like I live my life with this idea that things that are important go on my calendar. It is but true. I never put appreciation things on my calendar. And then at some point what sort of landed on me was, Andy, you live by this mantra, if it's important, it goes on the calendar. And the fact that you're not putting people's birthdays or team holidays or big events right. with that, that the people you work with care about onto your calendar, if important things go on the calendar and you're not putting these on the calendar, then these things are not important to right. you is what you're saying. Yeah. And I said, no, they are important to me. And then it becomes, well, then why aren't they on your calendar? And I, I don't know if people need to hear this, but for me, it was just, it was kind of a, it was kind of a powerful moment of looking in the mirror and not really mm-hmm. liking what I saw and going, I say these things are important, but I'm not treating them like they're actually important. And that's been a sort of a journey. The other thing I want to say, uh, this is sort of stepping back for one second, though. I love that show, The Office, right? Uh, with Steve Carell and, and, uh, and the gang. And I love that show. And my favorite episode of that show, I think my favorite, favorite episode, uh, you know, part of the, the shtick in this show is there's this guy, Jim, who's the wisecracking uh, younger guy. And he's always looking at his boss, Michael Scott, as a doofus. And he is a doofus. Mm-hmm. But, but Jim's always kind of smirking and rolling his eyes. And one day, Michael Scott goes away. And I can't remember why he goes away. But Jim gets promoted to cover the boss's sort of role while Michael's gone. And in his attempt to step forward and be like, I can do this better, the first thing he does is combine all the birthday celebrations into one at the beginning of the month. (laughs) And it goes exactly (laughs) like you said. Exactly like uh you said. Uh And uh, it's so funny. And you've told that story before about combining the birthdays. And I always laugh because that is the exact (laughs) thing they used on that show was Jim was like, clearly this is efficient and let's just get it done. Uh And it's all the problems. And at the end of the episode, Michael Scott comes back and Jim is sitting with him and this beautiful, poignant, moment where Jim has been kind of humbled and he says that didn't go very well and Michael says well what did you do and Jim says I combined all the birthdays and put them on one day and Michael goes yeah rookie mistake I did that I did that I did that and it's just I love it so much because it's one of those things that you look at and you go this just makes sense but it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't engage with the human component of what we do. Yeah. And just the fact that that is the example they use in the show. And then you, you had the same experience in real life. I just, I, I love it. But God, it, 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 sums, it sums this up. Rookie mistake. I did that. And like, and like at that point, Jim sees Michael as like a real, like, oh, uh-huh. maybe you're not a complete doofus. Like, For sure. You know, maybe you've just been kind of, maybe you've just been molded by the realities of this weird world. Yeah. And these weird people that we that we work with. And and I just I love it. So anyway, but but that's a beautiful microcosm of the of the of the issue, which is appreciation can be systematized to the point that it removes the human element. And that, my friends, is the issue with pizza parties. 
in right. the eyes of the people. Sure. Is that we have systematized appreciation to the part that the human element has been removed and people don't feel individual and special. And that does not mean that they're not good. It just means that they are seen as a part of compensation rather than as something that makes people feel appreciated. And that's right. just by design. Right. So, Let's let's take a break here. Okay. And then we'll come back and let's dig into some action stuff. So how do we fix this? And what do we do? Sounds good. Hey, everybody, it's Stephanie, and I'm going to jump in here for one quick second and toot my own horn. That's right. Uh, February 1st, Andy and I are going to be leading a workshop that I want to make sure that you don't miss. It is the final of our three-part kind of strategic planning, kicking the year off right series. We are talking about starting the year off right leading a vision and values meeting. And this comes to us. We have done um, strategic planning for the last couple of years. And we've gotten a lot of asks for how do you actually lead this meeting? What do I say to my team? How do I set it up? What do I make the room look like? How do I actually lead these kind of workshop exercises that you and Andy are talking about? And this is my jam. I cannot wait to nerd out about all of this with you all. If you are a member, you get in for free. As always, if you are not a member of Uncharted, you should be. So you should all head on over to unchartedvet.com forward slash events. Members need to register there. Non-members can register as well. You can join us. It's $99 for the workshop or you can check out Uncharted membership because with your membership, you get access to all of our workshops. Just saying, it might be a deal that you don't want to pass up, but either way, I want to see you at our workshop February 1st. It is at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. We're going to spend an hour and a half or so talking about all of these things, and we are definitely going to have fun. So come join us. Now, back to the podcast. All right. So let's get into this. So uh, we're the person, we've talked a lot about pizza parties. And we talked about, <laughs> we talked about why, the, why we have problems with appreciation at scale. Sure. And we talked about the realities of why this is harder to do than what it sounds like at first blush. Right. right. What do we what do we do in here, Stephanie Goss? Yeah, because our because our because our mailbag writer said, like, I, I'm not looking for those yep. things. I want totally. the deeper. I truly value you for the things that you're doing for our practice. How do I make you realize that you are worth something to the practice? All right. So big things for me. Um, you have to get specific. You have to you have to believe if you want to feel appreciated and you want to have, if you make them feel valued. I do not believe that there's a way to do this that doesn't happen at the individual level, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. you have to make a person feel seen. I I think um, in, in order to 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 do appreciation and that takes time and effort. But it's yes. just I mean the simple answer is you need to figure out a mechanism to make these doctors seen. Now, the first thing that I will say that unlocks this for a lot of people is making it so that you, the manager, you, the team lead, you, the practice owner, are the only one who's giving appreciation to the doctors. That's your problem. Like, if you're trying to do that, that's that's yeah. a mistake. If you buy into what we're saying about this is making individual people feel seen, that is a extremely difficult, almost impossible job for one person to do once your team hits a certain size. And so the answer, the clear answer is empowering other people on the team to share appreciation so that it's not just on you to do this. Well, not only so that it's not just on you, because that is, uh, again, a giant, giant rookie 
mistake go for hole that I fell down trying to put this on my own shoulders. And let me tell you, it never ends well (laughs) because there are not enough hours in the day, particularly as your team grows. If you're the only person who's in charge of the things, I think the other piece of it is, is that when your team is empowered to show gratitude and to to share the value that another human being on the team brings to the group as a whole or to them as an individual, you get individual perspective that you don't get when you're trying to do it, when you're trying to be the one person recognizing it. And what I mean by that is I always, um, there are a couple of things like activities that I uh, love to do with my, with my team. And one of them that I do fairly regularly is to get them to all write down one thing that they like about the person. And usually we, like I always had um, teams that were crafty. And so we would decorate um, a thing that had our name on it. And then we would pass it around to the rest of the team. But I was always struck by the radical difference in what the individuals on the team found value in for that person. And so like what I value in you, Andy, and what I might write is probably a radically different perspective than what Jamie might write because her relationship with you is different. The way you interact is different. The things you work on is different. And when you imagine it in the clinical, the clinical setting, like what I do as the manager with the associate veterinarians or with my practice owner is radically different than the experience that my CSR might have with you as a doctor or that my technicians who are in the room with you day in and day out or standing in surgery with you for four hours a, a day, like their perspectives are going to be very unique. And when you empower the team as a whole, it adds a whole new layer of where yeah. the value is found. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. So then the question becomes, if everyone sees different things and they have different perspectives, how do we how do we teach people to show appreciation to each other? Like, mm-hmm. how do we create this culture, this system where these things happen? So the first thing I think we have to talk about is how to show appreciation. Mm-hmm. And there, there's there's two pieces to it, right? There is the action that you do to show appreciation, mm-hmm. whether that's having a pizza party right. or bringing flowers or writing a handwritten note or standing up at the staff meeting and telling everyone, you know, verbal praise uh, uh, for, for someone else. There's the action that you take. And there is the clear reason, the example of the behavior that you appreciate the person for. And so there's two pieces of this. Um, you can give, and this is what I would say to the staff, it's like, hey, guys, I want a culture of appreciation in our practice. I, I really want to encourage this. I want you to look around. And if there's someone who exhibits a behavior that you really appreciate, You should tell them what that behavior is and say, thank you for doing this and behaving Mm -hmm. this way and doing this thing. Mm -hmm. Or if the impact or outcome of their actions positively impacts you, then tell them because of you, this thing happened and I want you to know how much it meant to me. Mm -hmm. And those to me are the two reasons. So when you start to get into into nuts and bolts, how do we systematize it? um, What is the behavior that the person did? And what is the specific impact or outcome that they, that they cause. And so that is why this is hard to do at scale. So when the person says, how do I make the doctors feel appreciated? So you need to look at them in the eye and say, this is the behavior that you have exhibited. And I can give you an example of when you did it, that really means the world to me. Or this is the outcome. Because of you, these specific 
things happen, right? This is how the technicians feel. This is the feedback that I got from the technicians. This is what the technician's job engagement satisfaction survey says and examples mm -hmm. they said. That comes from you. You made that happen. And I can't tell you how much that means to me and how much I value having you here because of, because of, because of things like this, right? Mm -hmm. But you got like, you, one of the biggest mistakes we make with appreciation is not drilling into the specifics. We say, you're great. You're fantastic. I love working with you. You're such a joy. Um, that's, that's a nice thing to say, but it doesn't make people feel appreciated. No. And so you, you got to You got to drill into those two things. What's their behavior or what's the impact slash outcome that they made? And so, bam, you, you have, you have to tell them what it is. I would argue that you can make people feel appreciated. You can bring them to tears with a pizza party. But it ain't about the pizza. It's about the reason that you're having the pizza party and how you articulate that reason and what impact did they have or what behavior did they uh, do that justified a, a, a desperate desire to celebrate them mm -hmm. that you that you manifested this way. Mm -hmm. And I, I would say that that does constitute appreciation. There's a difference in gathering people together and saying, we're having pizza today and ice cream because the front desk as a team accomplished this milestone. And this is the impact that they had and how we heard that impact. And so we're celebrating. We're just yeah. gonna, we're just gonna have a celebration because of, of what they as a team accomplished and what it meant. And I, I would argue that those people probably will feel very appreciated. And that is very, very different from, hey guys, there's pizza in the break room if you want it, full stop. Right, yeah. Yeah, totally. I think I think for me, a big part of this conversation um, is addressing what might feel like the elephant in the room for a lot of people, which is I think you can lead by example and you can make a decision like you said, Andy, like I'm going to get better at this thing. I'm going to put some time block time to sit down, look at my calendar because this is important to me. Right. And I can do that yep. as the manager or as the leader. You don't get the rest of the team involved in this without forcing it to happen at first. Yep. And yep. what I mean by that is they're not just, I mean, maybe you might have the, the one in 10 million team that is just yeah. like, this is how we sure. roll. And somebody on the team kind of starts it and snowballs and everybody's all in from the very beginning. But yeah. for most of the teams, it is, it is forced, quote unquote, from the start, whether that is we're going to do a team meeting and we're going to do an activity to express the appreciation or, hey, guys, I made a gratitude board and I hung it in the in the treatment room and we're going to take 10 minutes this morning. and We're going to write down one one caught you being good, like one thing, one action that we saw somebody else on the team do this week that we appreciated. And why did we appreciate it? And we're going to put it up there. Right. All of those things are uh, no matter what the activity is. It is something that somebody on the team is taking the lead on and saying, this is the thing that we're all going to do with the ultimate end goal that everybody buys into it and that it becomes something that then can be um, the, the lead can be shifted from yourself as the leader to other members of your team. But it doesn't ever really start that way for most of us. And I think it's important to acknowledge that because I think a lot of the times people ask me this question and they're like, you, you know, like you just have all these ideas and you seem to love doing this with your team. And I don't like, I don't feel comfortable with that. I can't think of any ideas like that. And I think the most powerful thing that I, that I tend to tell people is like, that 
I forced myself to do it too. Like it wasn't, you know, like it was a thing where I was like, I don't know how they're going to feel about this. They may hate it. They may love it, but we're just going to do it. I'm going to rip the bandaid off. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So uh, first of all, it's a dance party. Like like, appreciation is a dance party. And like, I don't know how many of you have tried to get dance parties going. (laughs) I tell you, I have. (laughs) I have started some dance parties in my life. And you know what that means? That means me dancing dancing alone by myself. (laughs) for a while (laughs) until people are i like to say inspired some people feel pity and they're like for god's sakes let's please someone help him and and someone please dance with andy so that he's not dancing by himself shame and pity for watching me dance by myself i don't care i don't Uh care if they're inspired or Uh just sad and like (laughs) embarrassed for me but they come onto the dance floor and before long this Join is popping. I don't know. Is that a thing? That's it. People are dancing together. Lots of them. That's however the coolest way you say that is. So okay. So here's here, I got. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this home here because I feel like we've danced all around. Summarizing this. Number one, if you're like I really want to do this and I want to do this better, I would say go get your Uncharted membership first of all because in the Uncharted community we talk about this all the time and constant conversations of what are you doing for your staff and how do you appreciate these people and what are some programs that you do and like this gets discussed all the time you will not find better sounding boards for ideas on creative things to do that will make you excited and engaged and mean something to your team than the uncharted online community you just won't it's 2023 starting off the year come on board see what we do here like we are just absolutely the best at helping people come up with creative ideas to do this stuff and to share experiences that have worked for us, right? Number two, uh, Stephanie and I are doing, uh, we're doing our workshop. We're doing our interactive uh, team meeting workshop in February, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. Yeah. And so uh, so you can head up, we'll put a link in the show notes for Uncharted. If you're not a member, uh, then you can, you can still join. If you are yeah. a member, it's free. And so come on. But me and Stephanie Goss will be running our workshop. It's on a, I think we're running on a Saturday. Uh, in early February, and it's going to be 100% how to have an active meeting with your staff. And so if you're like, I don't understand how to get this started, uh, how to get my staff to start to exhibit these behaviors, to start to build a culture, to try to get people to engage with the idea of, of appreciation across our whole team, that is a fan-freaking-tastic workshop, and it's in February, so you've got time to get registered and get there, but that's got to be on, on, on the radar. Number three is you got to put it on your schedule. Like you and I have both said, I think I think we all like to imagine that we are going to be these beautiful, you know, in touch people who don't need to write down things to remember, and nope. we just organically <laughs> appreciate people. I can't when I tell was you, twenty, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not me. I wish I was completely self centered when I was twenty. I was I was I was a I was no. I mean, dude. I had a better memory and I could retain more information oh. in my brain. Now, forget it. I can't remember what oh, yeah. I did this morning. Well, it's funny. I had a sharper <laughs> mind but no inclination to help people. And now that I have a big inclination to help people, I don't have the sharp mind anymore. Exactly. So that's it. But like, it's, um, I can't tell you how many times I have committed to like, I'm going to write people notes of appreciation. Yeah. And for like two weeks, I just bang them out. Yeah. And then the notes stop. And like a year later, I'm like, let's do that again. And then two weeks and it falls off. But if, if it's important, it goes on the calendar. Yeah. And that can be, the first of every month, did you appreciate someone on your team? You know, um, can you go the first Monday, every Monday, the first thing says, find someone and tell them why they are important to you. Like, yeah, put it on the calendar because important things go on the calendar. The last and thing is, 
to that point, like I think that one of the things scientifically that has been proven with with appreciation and gratitude is that um, it becomes like it's nice when the grand gestures or big things kind of come out of nowhere, you definitely feel a greater sense of like, oh, wow, they really noticed that big thing that I did. But I think the little things are equally important. And one of the I don't it was I don't remember where it came from. But when I was very first manager, heard the story about um, a, a manager who would take five pennies and put them in their pocket. And their goal was to transfer one penny from one pocket to the other when they gave expressed appreciation to somebody on their team every day. And so for me, that was like really powerful because I struggled with those. Like I had like you, the best of intentions, like I'm going to sit down, I'm going to write these notes. And for the really big things, like making sure that they were recognized for birthdays and anniversaries and tech week and stuff like that. Like I was usually pretty good at that, but the in between would be where I'd be like, Ooh, I'm going to, I'm going to write a thank you note and stick a Starbucks card in and I could do it for one person, but then scaling that on a regular basis was the hard part. And so for me getting even more granular and small really helped in the sense that like, what is one thing that I can do today? And like, how do you physically remind yourself every day, whether it's putting it on your calendar so that you get the alert, you get the alarm and you just do the thing or whether it's, you know, putting pennies in your pocket and and switching, switching them from one side to the other or some sort of physical reminder on a regular basis, daily or weekly where we are doing something to stay in touch with our team. Cause I'll tell you, like when you, when you try and do it on a, bigger scale. And this isn't a mistake. This is a rookie mistake that I made over and over and over again as a manager where I was like, oh, I'm just going to sit down once a month and I'm going to do the thing because then I'll just block a bigger chunk of time and I'll get everybody knocked out at once. And (laughs) whether it was reviews, whether it was (laughs) one-on-ones, whether it was writing thank you notes, kid is a pain in the ass to do everybody all at once. And it never works out the way that you think think that it's going yeah. to well yeah i mean the uh, employee of the month program is the classic one for me i i, I don't like <laughs> i don't like that program i don't like that program because yet we have one <laughs> no well do we really is it a program when i andy Rook, owner of the company and Our name employee myself of the month employee month. of the month every <laughs> single month is that a program and like you guys are like, you're the, like you keep it going you're like who's employee of the month this month once again, it's me. You know why? Because it's a stupid program. It's a stupid program. And I'm not going to do the thing where I'm like, because what happens is, here, here's how the employee of the month program works. It's like, at first, it's great because we genuinely show appreciation to people. And we're like, this person did this great thing this right. month. And then this, and then at some point, it becomes perfunctory. And we're right. just basically picking faces and putting them up there. And people, right. it falls right into the into the problem that we said at the very beginning is people feel like they don't know what they did to be employee of the month other than it's their turn and and the obvious people have already been picked and now here we are and it just it loses its value and it loses value for the people who genuinely did stuff that was worthy of appreciation and maybe some people can keep it going i have just seen it fail again and again and again and so i just give myself employee of the month except except for a very very rare circumstance, which I think that you may laugh. I think it's genius. One, I get vast majority of the awards, which I'm going to be honest for a second and say, I uh, accept the employee of the month awards from myself with great enthusiasm and pride again and again and again. But 
on the rare occasion that one of my employees can take the award away from me, <laughs> Tyler it Cronin. means something to them. <laughs> like it, like it is talked about for months after. Mm-hmm. Remember when Tyler Grogan was employee of the month <laughs> and people like what like, it happened that one time <laughs> that one time but it I mean it's it was monumental like it's that's on her CV for the rest of her life okay so you you said you had three things uh, I do. so besides the la- the time, what's your third one the last one is you got to model the behavior and ask for help it's a dance party you yeah. got to dance first and you have to invite people to dance with you and that's it and so, you know, being like, hey, I want appreciation to happen. I'll be in my office with the door closed if you need me. It doesn't work. Like, you have to get out there and model the behavior. And then the other thing, too, it's, and maybe this is silly, I don't think that people feel empowered to tell other people uh, that they're appreciated. Mm-hmm. I think it's awkward. I don't think it's, they think it's weird. It's going to be too personal. Is this person going to think that it's strange that I'm telling them? why they're why i value them and why i appreciate them i'm not their boss and i think one of the things is it's a cultural thing it's something that you can say at the top this is our norm here is uh, i tell people what you appreciate about them yeah i love it when when people when our team i i'll be honest and say i love when people come up and say hey i really appreciate andy when you did this thing for me or for our team like that really that really you know um i don't know it fills my cup you know, and like, I, I do feel appreciated when people do that. And I think a lot of times people are like, well, you don't have to, you don't have to appreciate the boss. I'm like, well, I mean, I'm just a human being over here and I do, I do like it. Um, yeah. But I think people, they, I think they need to feel invited to do that sometimes in teams and it may sound silly, but it doesn't hurt anything just to say, guys, I want to have a culture where people are appreciated. And, and when you see someone doing something, I want you to tell them and you can yeah. you can empower them in different ways and there's things like bonusly and stuff like that that people use to try to put some oomph behind it but honestly i i don't know if that stuff's really necessary if, if people just feel empowered to do it uh, yeah i think for me it starts with you have to allow them to be human and you have to be human right and it's a part a part a big part of it is we have to get to know each other like you can yeah. you can force the dance party you can you can do the thing and it's easier to drag somebody onto the dance floor if you if you already have some vulnerability and you feel like I can make an ass out of myself with this person. I feel okay with that, right? That it's way easier to to if you are especially if you are an introvert. Um and so I think for me a big part of it is like being human, getting to know each other on a human level and being intentional about that. And so for me, the keys to success kind of start with getting the team to know each other and involving them all in the process. And so there are some things that are um, absolute must-haves for me in terms of getting to know the team and onboarding as a leader, um, asking that have to do with asking them who they are as a person, what do they like and getting to know them, right? So everybody who starts on my team gets a getting to know you um, quiz survey. I want to know what do, are you Josie and you love narwhals, right? Like, are you, do you, do, is your, is, what is your favorite uh, treat? Like, are you a salty or sweet person? How do I check the basic? We're talking about super basic stuff. How do I check the boxes on a way that allows me to individualize it for you and also how to find commonality in the team? Because now if I know that one person's favorite color is purple and the other favorite, co- another person on the team's favorite color is purple, now I can start to create 
shared experience for those people um, in the things that we do. Right now, it's about finding another find another person on the team. Like if we're doing an activity, find another person who um, you know likes this thing as you. Those human connections make the vulnerability when it comes to showing appreciation, particularly for the meaningful things and the Mm -hmm. things that people value about one another makes that significantly easier because there's a foundational relationship there. And so making that a part of your onboarding process, having your team go through the languages of appreciation um, in the workplace course, having them all take the quiz, getting to know what languages they all speak. um, How do they, you know, are they a person who likes getting the gifts or are they a person for whom, um, words, you know, getting, getting praise, hearing the words, you love hearing words um, from the team. Hey, Andy, this is a thing that you did that, that I really appreciated. And for me, my, like, I like to, I like quality time and you know that about me and you will make an effort to do something that involves us like, Hey, I'm going to call you and we're going to have extra time together to just kind of hang out because I appreciated this thing that you do. Right. That goes much further for me. Same way that hitting somebody who likes the gifts or the, um, you know, the service, can we do something together? Can I do something for you? Can I take care of something for you? So learning about the languages of appreciation, I think is, is really important. And then for me, the devil is in the details in terms of how do I make this repeatable, right? So for me, the second step of this as a leader is to watch how they respond to those various expressions of value and appreciation. So if we're doing it in a group activity, I try and see Did we give someone public praise and they really were uncomfortable with that? Okay, noted. Like, don't let's not do that again. But can I find other activities that I can do with the team that can allow them to maybe read what other people think about them instead of hearing it in front of the group? Right. It's about observing the human behavior that comes from the team as a whole. And then the third piece of that for me is then figuring out how do I repeat that on an individual level to stay connected with them and let them stay connected with each other. So if you aren't doing things with your team on a regular basis, find a way to make time in your schedule to have fun with them and make this part of your normal process the same way you would everybody learning about, you know, heartworm disease or safety protocols. It's got to be a part of your culture. Yeah. Speaking of part of your culture, our culture is ending episodes in one hour (laughs) And that's, that's, a, that's a resolution more than a culture. It's an aspiration. It's an aspiration. But we are out of time. Guys, take care of yourselves. We'll see you next time. Have a great week, everybody. Well, gang, that's a wrap on another episode of the podcast. And as always, this was so fun to dive into the mailbag and answer this question. And I would really love to see more things like this come through the mailbag. If there is something that you would love to have us talk about on the podcast or a question that you are hoping that we might be able to help with, feel free to reach out and send us a message. You can always find the mailbag at the website. The address is unchartedvet.com forward slash mailbag, or you can email us at podcast at unchartedvet.com. Take care, everybody, and have a great week. We'll see you again next time.